Welcome to the Founders with Purpose podcast, where I interview early stage founders about their mission, why they chose startup life, and how they will get where they're going. I'm your host, Darian Parrish, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, today we have Mubs, the co-founder of Founder Path with us. Mubs, thank you for taking the time. Um, welcome. Would you like to uh, tell us a little more about yourself and Founder Path? Sure. Uh, I have been uh, a maker for a really long time. I started hacking on c- computers when I was about eight years old. Um, you know, learned how to code by reading magazines and and books and things like that. Um, I went to to university for c- computer science over in England as well. Uh, did 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 decided to move over to the US in the late. 90s and entered the startup world. Uh, so I've been kind of around the scene for a long time, uh, made a lot of projects, made a lot of side projects as well. Um, and you know, that kind of turned into most recently uh, teaming up with Nathan Hacker uh, to start a company called Founder Path, which basically um, tries to solve the problem of funding for bootstrap companies that don't want to give up any of their equity and have a hard time getting funding from kind of established financial institutions like banks and things don't really understand SaaS and kind of online and, and, and sort of stuff like that. So we're trying to solve that problem. That's great. And I think, uh, you know, this is a problem that uh, some some companies I've, I've built and worked with in the past have had challenges in this area. Is there something about this project that's got you maybe uh, you know more uh, involved in it than some of your other projects? Because uh, I, I looked at your maker profile and it you know it says you've you've done over ninety nine projects. Uh, you know you, you can't spend a year on each of those, or, or you know you'll you'll sort of run out of uh, lifetime runway. There we'll call it. Uh, your your burn rate would be too high, right? So. Yes. Uh, how are you thinking about spending more time on this project or any other project um, for that matter? Yeah, this, the, I mean, Founder Pass kind of a combination kind of and parings together a number of really uh, important things and a lot of interesting things for me personally. One, you know, having the ability to work with somebody like Nathan, who um, kind of is a great compliment to me in terms of he's got all of the like the marketing and sales and and kind of business skills and i've got all of the sort of technical and creator and kind of maker skills so having having a partner like that really really makes it easy to kind of work on on, on kind of stuff like this um but but also you know i've been around the startup scene for a long time but also around like the indie hacker scene and strap companies, you know, people who just want to make their own thing and they don't want to hop on the on the VC train as it was. Um, and so having the ability to kind of be in that space and, and kind of help all those people out as well, I think is, is just something that's really interesting and, and something that both Nathan and I are kind of really interested in because he went through, uh, you know, his first startup was, you know, he raised a bunch of, of PC money and has kind of been on that kind of ride and he kind of just decided it wasn't for him and and kind of a lot of other people have found that out as well so 
uh, having the option of not having to hop on that train and kind of have alternative ways to kind of raise funding and and uh, and things like that, I think have been really helpful here. Yeah, that's great. I mean, understanding the problem uh, and being able to eat your own cooking or use your own product is, is something that I think is really important in the startup space. And then also having complementary co-founder skills and uh, tell us a little more about how you're using technology with Founder Path, since since that's your area and what you bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, what we're trying to do is kind of streamline. I mean, because at the end of the day, we kind of are a financial institution. We're not like an official financial. We're not a we're not a high street bank or anything like that. But ultimately, we're 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 we're, we're offering a financial service. And really, I'm really my my purview is to bring that industry into into the 21st century and hopefully into the 22nd century <laughs> you know the sort of technology that we're kind of trying to build i mean what we've been trying to do is just reduce the amount of time it takes for a founder to kind of say they want to raise some capital how you know, how do we do all of the stuff that a normal financial institution would do is this a safe investment? Is this is this an established company? Is this going to be is this somebody who's going to be able to repay the funds that we kind of ad, 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 ad advance them? And you know, so we've been trying to figure out how do we streamline that so that we can do that as fast as possible. The fastest I think we've done it so far is in around thirty six hours in terms of like somebody came to our website, signed up. Uh, we did with with technology in terms of you know linking to things like their Stripe account and their Recurly account and their Plaid accounts with their with with their banks and how much money they have all that kind of stuff. So we're able to kind of do all of the due diligence that that a normal uh, financial institution would do, but with technology, with you know we don't have to have humans sat there kind of looking over statements and yes you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so just using technology just kind of streamline that whole thing. And so yeah, so we've been able to kind of cut that down to hours now instead of instead of weeks or months that it used to take instead. Yeah, I, th I think that's great. And uh, I, I used to manage a public equities fund and risk management was very important there. And we were uh, primarily quantitative because it's it's a lot easier to make assessments on the numbers. H how are you thinking about that in terms of evaluating uh, founder risk or, or maker risk in terms of uh, the non-quantitative or the qualitative aspects? Is you know this a project that they just stop working on or something? And then you know how do they pay back that um, upfront uh, ARR that was paid out um, if there's no uh, future MRR. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's obviously the sort of nice thing about SaaS to some degree. Even if somebody d d decides I'm not going to work on this anymore, the, the site's still up. People are still using the software. People are still paying monthly. Even if somebody kind of walks away, the sort of operations keep happening, right? So, um, so the likelihood of you know them not being able to kind of repay the stuff yes it's kind of out there but even if they decided i've had enough of this business i don't want to do it anymore one is easy to sell and kind of move on to other other things and if you can sell it a multiple why wouldn't you um and then and then also like i said even if they decided i need to you know i need to go and live in the woods for six months or whatever just to get away from technology and stuff the business can still keep operating right so um, so there, there's kind of less risk about that too. And then, yeah, and then, I mean, ultimately we can't eliminate that risk, but 
just you know just doing the things that we can evaluate in terms of how long have they been around how many customers do they have you know what's their spread in terms of their revenue is is there one or two customers that have all of their income or they've spread it out over over sort of hundreds and and so sort of things like that just to kind of mitigate the sort of possibility that if, if one you, you know if one of their customers cancels then they're going to be real you know in in real trouble and so yeah so we've kind of did develop the SaaS credit score essentially that says let's analyze as much as much of these things as we can how good are they at retention how you know how bad is their churn what is their uh, their their revenue spread across all their customers how long have they been around what's their MRR understanding all of those things and then based on that with the, the they get a credit score and then based on the credit score that kind of affects how much we can lend them and at what terms as well like what's the interest rate that we're kind of able to offer as well yeah and this uh i I don't know if this this is a correct analogy but it sounds a a little bit like pipe and Mm -hmm. uh the the difference here seems to be that you're actually providing the the funding at rates that you're setting rather than the market you know setting them like an investor marketplace like it is on pipe um, where they can bid on that revenue so is that do you see that as a, a competitive advantage where you're able to be consistent with those rates? Yeah, I I think yeah, I mean pipe pipe is an absolute yeah, yeah, I think I think I think you're absolutely right in terms of it being uh you know operating in the same space and, and sort of working in a similar but not exactly the same way. It kind of shifts a lot of the emphasis in terms of the work onto the people doing the investing, right? Like just because somebody's on the platform just still doesn't mean that you know what the risk is in kind of investing in those, you have to do your own kind of work to kind of figure out if, if that's a risky thing to, to kind of loan somebody money to as well. So, so for us, the sort of main advantage is one that we've kind of figured out a way to kind of score everybody to say how, how kind of risky they are as well. And, beca- and, and yes, I mean, because we know at what rates we're able to kind of receive capital uh, into sort of in, in, into our firm, we know what what rates we're you know we're comfortable lending out to as well, uh, in terms of making sure that we cover risk and and you know and and sort of all those other things as well. And hopefully that's going to get cheaper over time as we get a little bit more established as well. Um, and also we be, because we're the ones doing the sort of lending itself. You know we can choose which industries we want to focus on. We can choose. Uh, what what kind of founders we want to kind of focus on as well, and so one 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 of the reasons that we've we've chosen to focus on kind of indie bootstrapped uh, founders as well is they just seem to be in it for the long haul, right? Like they just want to build uh, a good solid company that that will just be around for ten fifteen years. Uh, which you know, which again re- reduces our risk in terms of uh, you know people just kind of walking away. Um, and and then, and it's also the kind of people that we just you know we we kind of identify with them as well. So we're really happy to work with them as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's great. And um, you know, you knowing the space well, and and maybe having a lot of you know colleagues and friends. Do you do you already have quite a few customers that are just coming inbound, and you're not having to do really any outbound marketing at this point? No, I mean, so I mean, that's another the sort of strength that Nathan has. He's been in the sort of space for a really long time um and so when we started out we just kind of used you know sort of his uh his sphere of influence there in terms of he's got a he's got a podcast in the SaaS space he published a magazine and so really him just kind of talking about the sort of 
things we're working on has really helped. I just kind of spread the word really, but it's really beginning to spread by word of mouth now. And now that we've kind of been around for about a year now, we've kind of been around and, and kind of operating uh, kind of in this space now. Uh, people, you know, found to start speaking to each other now, and and so yeah, so they're, you know, when when you know when 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 people are are talking about you know what they're doing in their business and stuff, in terms of you know how are you raising capital and stuff, a lot of people are talking about us. So that that's really awesome that you know that that people have liked working with us as well, um, that they're able to rec re re recommend us to 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 kind of other founders as well. Yeah, I, th I think that's great. And, you know, maybe we can pivot the conversation now to this this new platform that we've discovered <laughs> um, called BitClout. And I think this is maybe where where we'll have to bring the, the founder path conversation into the mix, because um, I think a lot of the folks on here are building SaaS companies. Some of them are looking to build SaaS around BitClout. And I think uh, this is definitely, you know, an interesting platform and alternative to the social media platforms existing. Maybe, uh, Mubs, do you want to give uh, the listeners uh, your take on uh, why BitCloud is interesting or what it is and um, how we've been using it? Yeah, so I I mean, it's I guess as a platform, it's only really been live for about four or five weeks now. Uh, I've been on it for a couple of weeks. And I think the, I think the main reason I'm excited about it is that I think finally all the things that we've been asking from Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those kind of places. Um, and, you know, for some reason they've decided that they don't want to do a lot of these things that most people have been asking for something like BitCloud, which is essentially a social media platform on the blockchain, which means it's fully decentralized and essentially means that nobody's in charge of it. Uh, means that we, as the people on the platform, you know, get to have a much, uh, much more influence on on the features and the functionality that are able to be implemented, and when they should be implemented as well, because it's, it's just going to be up to us in terms of if we want a feature, because it, it's it will be it's not open source yet, but it will be soon. Um, it's going to mean that you know we, as the community and the people on the platform, can read drive it forward in terms of it, it, it's in terms of its functionality in terms of its features um and and so yeah so that's kind of what has me really excited about it i mean i mean a lot of that stuff's not there yet but the potential for that is there and so that's kind of why i hopped on early because i was like well if if this is something that i think will succeed and, and and i do think it will succeed in some fashion you know whether it will knock facebook off its perch or not i don't know but it doesn't have to right like it doesn't even if they can take that bit a, a percentage of the market into the social media market that will still make it a huge s success anyway yeah i mean i've been enjoying my time there so far and uh one of the features i think most demanded is is being able to reclout uh similar to retweet <laughs> i i actually reclouded something uh just by posting a link and, and calling it yep. a reclout uh, today, which is that there's um, going to be a bit swap, which allows um, swapping out some of the bit uh, clout uh, tokens for uh, Ethereum. And because right now, you know, you can put Bitcoin in, but you can't get Bitcoin out. You can't get anything out, actually. And that's been right. something, you know, people are requesting. Is that something like the, you know, that you think requires it to be open source first? Or do you think bit swap is uh, working, you know, with, with the, uh, dev team or the creators uh, of uh, BitCloud itself? 
I mean, I think a lot of the stuff's right now, at least because it's early. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff is happening off the chain, right? Like, so I mean, uh, there, there's there's kind of already been talk of people who basically pulled money out of the platform already by just doing, uh, just having arrangements with friends and and kind of partners, kind of off of the chain. So somebody wants to get into Bit Bitcloud rather than purchasing Bitcoin and kind of moving it into Bitcloud, they just the, the, done a deal with somebody who's already on the platform and said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take your BitCloud, I'll send you the Bitcoin off the chain, and you can just, once we're on the platform, you can just send me that kind of instead. So that's, some of that's already happening. I would imagine BitSwap is probably very similar, where, where you're basically just having to do, you know, essentially kind of like an escrow service for what people have kind of already been doing off the chain already i mean i wouldn't imagine that that's kind of what's going to happen i would imagine once they're open source there's, there's going to be more of that stuff happening so you can do it officially people will be able to log in and kind of do all of that stuff as well um yeah right i mean i think uh again i haven't read all of the white papers and everything like that but essentially what they've said right now is that it's not possible to do the reverse of so essentially what happens when you want to get on the platform you have to buy bitcoin so you can buy BitCloud, or you can convert the Bitcoin into BitCloud, and because of the way that the BitCloud is minted and and so all that stuff on the on the on the BitCloud uh, b- blockchain, it's not possible to go back the other way. So it's, it's purely a t- technical way that they've architected the blockchain. So I think the most interesting thing there is, according to the rumors that we've all heard, Coinbase. Uh, ventures is an investor in in cloud as well so i think the most likely scenario will be that you will be able so that the, the most likely scenario is that big cloud will be listed on coinbase essentially at some point so if you want to get out of it you'll essentially just sell it on on you would have to transfer it out to Coinbase, and then and then you would be able to sell it instead. I think that's the most likely um, sort of outcome over the next few weeks, hopefully. Yeah, I really appreciate that insight, and I think you know a lot of people are are waiting on that to put you know big dollars or Bitcoin in because yeah. they're you know wondering if it's just a black hole. It's it's like owning a boat or something. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think. Uh, you know, the there's definitely some interesting things going on on the platform. I'll I'll make sure we announce this podcast on the platform and, and try and um, you know bring some of the nor- normal functionality to the platform uh, that you know another social platform would have. Because I know some people on there are just using it as more of like an invest uh, speculative investing platform, buy and sell you know creator coins. But I think. Um, in my view, the real value is that we have this network, like you mentioned, we can use in our own way, um, you know, create the features that we want and, uh, you know, invest in the people we like to interact with and engage with and, and that provide value back to us. So I think that's that's how I intend to use it. I mean, it is, it is neat to from, from a speculative um, investment point as well, but I think um, some of the stability that will come is, is these long, you know, holders of creator coins that they believe in and, and want to engage with. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad to have uh, connected on the platform and uh, look forward to keep, um, you know, engaging on the platform and seeing how we can we can further it. Um, coming down to kind of the final question, maybe a little bit back to Founder Path. When you look forward and you think a few years out uh, and maybe, you know, some of the other projects you would work on, 
how do you see you know your your focus on Founder Path and making sure that Founder Path continues to grow and, and accomplish its mission um, versus the need to innovate you know continue to innovate in other areas? Yeah, I mean, I I think I've I've always had side project. That's why I've been able to get up to the sort of ninety nine that I've I posted on there. There's it's I've blown past a hundred a long time ago. I just haven't added them all up there. Um, but, uh, so, so, I mean, cause I use my side projects as that sort of avenue to kind of explore and to kind of innovate and see what's new in the industry and things and things like that. Like I was, you know, exploring SaaS and stuff, you know, maybe like t- 10 years back, it wasn't my main thing at the time. Um, but now it's become my main thing because that, you know, that's kind of where f- founder path is focused as well. And, you know, that's why I keep my eye out on things like cloud and, and sort of things like that too because i think i think like yourself i mean ultimately i do think it will be successful um and so i always want to keep an eye out for kind of what's the next big thing um but you know at least for the next few years if not longer i mean and that's kind of also the sort of the sort of the, the sort of thing that attracted me to founder path is that it's not this just static you know, kind of one-time thing that you just build and then it's there. I think it's it's a platform that will continue to evolve as well. Like, just like we're lending, you know, we're kind of figuring out how to do the financial SaaS companies. I'd love for FounderFast at some point to figure out how do we fund people through PickLout, you know? Like, I mean, why not? I mean, why 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 do we have to stay in the old financial uh, markets instead? And so being involved early in a platform like this kind of allows us to kind of one to kind of help us understand it to, to kind of see how it works and to see who's involved with it as well. But then also to say, well, maybe we can help drive it as well to say, look, if we want it to be able to do these, these kinds of things as a community, we need to kind of push it in that way as well. So, so that I think, I think that's the other thing that's kind of exciting kind of about it all is, is that, it will become whatever we want it to become rather than, you know, Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg kind of sat up on high saying, no, you can't have that feature. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I see the next business line for founder path is, you know, letting people borrow against their bit clout or their creator coin. <laughs> uh, Cause I think there'll be a, there'll, there'll be a large demand for that because if they, you know, a creator doesn't want to sell their coin and maybe they have, you know, a couple thousand or even a hundred thousand, you know, dollars worth of, uh, uh, their own creator coin, they want to be able to spend that money while not having that uh, rotation um, in their that churn in their own creator coin and causing that you know volatility. So they'll they'll borrow against it much like borrowing against a stock or something. So I think that that could be a, a business line for you. Yeah, and 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 I think that and you know, in terms of eliminating risk and stuff, right? Like if we've locked in that coin. I mean, it it almost eliminates that sort of risk kind of at that point as well so uh yeah as long as there's ways in the platform to kind of you know make sure that people can't sell it you know that we can kind of help, essentially hold it in escrow or something like that but again like i said that's that that's why the platform is so exciting because there's so much potential there that there's so many things that we can do both from kind of as you said i mean i think from a creator standpoint it's really exciting because um there's i think there's just a number of things that I, you know, like, I don't know why there's an Instagram and a Facebook and a Twitter. I mean, like, ultimately, you know, I should be able to share pictures and video and podcasts and whatever else I want to share on a single platform, right? Like, I shouldn't have to go to Instagram to share my pictures and, and go to Twitter to, to, to share short bits of text and things like that. I should have to go to Medium to write, like, an article. 
you know the sort of the sort of advantage of BigCloud is if you if if people do want to build a image only kind of social media platform, they can. But if somebody wants to have like a kind of all in one thing as well, then you can build that on top of the sort of blockchain as well. So, um, so yeah. So I, I like I, said, I I like the fact that it's kind of almost like the original promise of of the sort of World Wide Web in terms of you know when we first when well at least when I first found the web, it's like wow, I can put text on there, I can put images on there, I can I can I can, I can, can, can control so much. Um, and then we, you know slowly that got kind of taken away. From from us in terms of it's tweets you can only have 140 characters you only have 280 characters it's it's a it's instagram you only have square images you know things like that we, we kind of had those options taken away from us and it now feels like people are kind of un understanding yes you kind of have to understand the sort of implications of things but you should be allowed to do the things that you want to do as well <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think that's some great insight. And I, I think as we start to see some of these things come to fruition and be more obvious to the masses, I think we'll, we'll get more adoption, um, especially when it goes from not being a technology first type of discussion, um, you know, all about the blockchain and, and the block size and, you know, things that maybe uh, the, the non-tech folks don't care about. Um, we'll, I think we'll see some good adoption there. Well, Mubs, the, I think the, uh, I was one... I was gonna say one other point. I was gonna say I was I was hanging out in clubhouse rooms and Twitter spaces over the weekend and stuff as well. I think one of the most exciting things is it feels like people are using BitCloud without even realizing that it's on the blockchain. Like people are like signing up for BitCloud just because they're hearing everybody else talk about it, but really all they're seeing it, it as is a it's a new social media platform that has all of these features and stuff. And I think one of the key things that I, I kind of heard over the weekend and stuff was like there was a ton of people who were talking. They were like saying, I just signed up for Coinbase so I can so I can buy some Bitcoin so I can send it to BitCloud. And I thought that was really interesting because it was like, obviously people have been, I heard about Bitcoin for a really long time. It's been, you know, it's hitting 60,000 or whatever it is now. Um, and and, and you know, people still stayed away from it, right? Like people didn't didn't sign up for Coinbase. They didn't buy any coins. They didn't understand like what's the point of it, you know? Like, but all of a sudden now they have a reason to actually sign up for Coinbase, purchase some Bitcoin, and then actually just move it away from Bitcoin almost immediately. But but I thought that was interesting that we might have actually found a good use case for this cryptocurrency Bitcoin stuff that people have been using for a while, but didn't quite know what to do with it and now all of a sudden we we kind of have like a real need for it that people are you know just people who aren't just purely into t t technology and stuff um so not only is that good for BitCloud, but it's also good for crypto in general i think as well yeah, I, I totally agree, and it sounds like you you've learned more over the weekend than I have about you know the <laughs> the adoption um, and and the you know sort of uh, blockchain naive users that want to join um, buying Bitcoin for the first time using Coinbase for the first time. I, I definitely agree that this is a tailwind for for cryptocurrencies, and it's really that use case we've all all, all been looking for, where it's the fuel to um, power some sort of network or use case. And uh, that's that's why I'm excited about it, and I, I think we'll we'll do our best to keep keep promoting uh, BitCloud in um, helping it grow. Uh, Mubs, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really phenomenal conversation. I will post links in the show notes um, to all your your projects and place to find you. I'll coordinate <laughs> with you to make sure we have the most up to date links. 
and then um, we'll go ahead and share this on on BitCloud in the usual channels. Awesome, sounds good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Please be sure to follow Founders with Purpose and tune in again soon.